Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from certified sailors to scintillating skulls. And today we're talking about centaurs. Hey Brian. Hey Will. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about another equestrian monster. Mm-hmm. We just recently talked about the unicorn, and now we will talk about centaurs. Centaurs. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about uh, reverse centaurs at the end of the episode, just so everybody knows. Sounds like fun. Yeah. This is this is news to me. Yeah. And then I'm going to direct every everybody to an episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so D and D centaurs are large, monstrous humanoids based upon the centaurs of Greek mythology. Uh, they resemble humans with the lower bodies of horses, or horses with the upper bodies of torso and torsos of humans, depending on how you view them. Yeah. So centaurs of Greek mythology have two differing origins. Uh, the first one being that Ixion, uh, king of Lapiths, was tested by Zeus for lusting after Hera. Uh, Zeus created a cloud nymph named Nephel who, and gave her the likeness of Hera and sent her to seduce Ixion, which she succeeded in doing, of course. Uh, for some reason, uh, their offspring became the first centaurs. Um, it's not really explained. Boom. So I guess a cloud and a human made horse people. Anyways, yeah. side note, Ixion uh, was punished for... Pre- Pretend boinking uh, Zeus's wife. He was blasted by a tongue. Sorry, wait. Did you just say pretend boinking? Yeah. <laughs> pretend <laughs> fucking? Like pretend <laughs> screwing? Pretend making love? I mean, I can say this in a thousand different ways, Brian. I'm back. Okay, Let's cool. go. Um, he was blasted by a thunderbolt from Zeus and then tied to a burning solar wheel for all of eternity. So good job, Ixion. Good job. The second version of centaur origin in Greek mythology is a man named Centaurus. Uh, fucked a magnesium, magnesium mare and thus engendering the race of centaurs. Take your pick. Um, I mean, it's not really pertinent to D&D, but I thought it was kind of interesting. The first one? <laughs> 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 Regardless of origins, Greek centaurs are seen by historians and writers as these liminal beings caught between the unbridled wildness of nature and the wise civility of man. 
This is this is reflected in various Greek legends, but it's also reflected in the D and D versions of centaurs. Okay, who are themselves like this strange balance or conflict between being civilized humanoids and being wild monsters out out in the forest and in grasslands, like Harry Potter. I feel like that's kind of how they are. I mean, in yeah, Potter. I think Harry Potter's centaurs are very reminiscent of D and D centaurs. Yeah, um, yeah, which are based off of this, which are based off of this. Yeah. I think everyone kind of agrees on what centaurs are to a certain degree. Yeah. So, yeah. Unless you're me. Unless you're Brian. <laughs> okay. So, traditional D&D centaurs are depicted as large creatures that stand about 7 to 8 feet tall and weigh about 2,100 pounds. For some reason. God damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're fucking the size of horses. They're basically horses. They're horses. Yeah. So well, they're, they're more than horses. They have mostly, they have most of a horse on there and then half of a person. Yeah. They actually, they should outweigh horses by a hair or so. And they should underweigh a the average horse and rider. Think yes, about that one. You are yeah. right. Yeah. No legs on that bad so, boy. <laughs> well, so four legs. For some reason, uh the Ravnica setting gave their centaurs essentially pony bodies to keep them the medium size. I personally think this is stupid. Well, like mini horse? Like <laughs> from Robin Big? I guess so. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I guess so. They almost like, you know, how we were talking about how deer like bound around. Mm-hmm, you know, they mm-hmm. like spring. They almost kind of do that, but like on individual like leg spring. Sort of, I don't know. I feel like they pop around. You know, like okay. like you ever walk on your uh, on your toes? Like you you go from heel all the way to toe to like sure. work your calves out while you walk. I know yeah. like wrestlers do that. Yes, like that. Okay, cool. I don't know. What does that have to do with this? What? It's making me. I'm trying to picture centaurs as we talk. Uh-huh. You know, like okay. m- movement. Right. If you shrink it, <laughs> I just thought about them. Like if you shrink them in size, they're almost skipping. Well, okay, how does shrinking them in size make them skip? Because they make me think of mini horses. I don't. I, what is a mini horse? What does it sound like? I mean, is it just a miniature horse? Yeah. Oh, is this a real thing? Are yeah, there? Oh, it's okay. a real thing. Do miniature horses not nor- gallop like normal horses? Uh, they kind of tr- they can try. I don't know. They kind of like they kind of do that pop thing I'm talking about. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to look into this. They're like they're like show horses. So, anyways, I think this interpretation to make centaurs medium is stupid, and I would <laughs> ignore it. Okay. <laughs> um, I understand that it's probably for mechanical reasons, but mechanics be damned. Um, as I've said before, horses are fucking big. Yeah, and centaurs are also fucking big. So what? It's they're not they're not medium like all the time. Then Ravnica is the first instance I've ever seen of medium sized centaurs. So they're they're usually large. Yeah, horses are large creatures in D anD D when it comes to the battle grid. You should really look at like the thus, animal stat blocks. Yeah, thus centaurs should also be in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. Okay. So uh, centaurs horse halves are identical to mundane horses in pretty much every way. Uh, they can have coats that range in color, texture, and length as varying as any horse. Uh, their humanoid halves are well-muscled and broad. Their ears are pointed like elves. Um, they're usually unclothed, but centaur warriors are known to wear light leather armors. Nice. Okay. So generally speaking, centaurs are depicted as majestic and intimidating creatures with handsome and noble facial features. They're, they're supposed to be very attractive. Okay. At least they're, they're humanoid-like facial features. Whatnot. Sure. Like an elf? Like an elf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, sometimes they're depicted as having long hair that grows down their humanoid back like a horse mane. Ooh. Which that was pretty cool. That's a pretty cool touch nice. there. Yeah. Yeah. Just like flowing human hair. Right. Exactly. Nice. Depending on the source book you're using, uh, there are two distinct types of centaurs. So. Um, those who are reclusive forest dwellers with a more sylvan face spin to them, and those who are grassland nomads that migrate in tribal herds with a more barbaric spin to them. Okay. Both seem pretty cool, and I could see both existing in the same campaign setting, but this is just your average, no one agrees, like whenever a book comes out and centers are included, someone just makes shit up. 
Yeah. And so there's no like through line between all the editions and all the source books. So like basically half the books had the forest dwelling ones, half the books have the grass dwelling ones. And I'm just going to present both of them. I'm sure there's like a slew of fantasy novels that fall in between here and there that like detail whatever they want about centaurs pretty much that we don't have data on right now. Yeah, sure. So the first dwelling centaurs are the more traditional of the two and the one I was more familiar with before researching this topic. Um, They do all deep within remote remote temperate forests. Um, The wilder, the better. These centaurs see themselves as noble guardians of the forest. They feel fiercely protective of their homes and responsible for the creatures that share their woods. Most adult centaurs spend most of their waking hours either hunting or patrolling their territory um, or yeah, uh, any outsiders that are caught encroaching on the territory, the centaur will approach. And if you're lucky, they'll just warn you off. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're being destructive, you're encroaching on their territory. Or if you're unlucky, they'll just fucking mercilessly yeah, attack you. You just hear. <laughs> and then you're like, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what a centaur would do. So although some centaurs live solitarily uh, or with like a mating pair, most dwell in a tribal hunter-gatherer society. These tribes have a druidic kind of outlook on life, and they strive to find a balance between their needs and the needs of their tribe with the needs of nature around them. So they're like nomading, nomadically like moving around the countryside or the forest or whatever? Not really. Like they'll they'll pick a forest, and then that's the forest they live in, and they never leave. Sure, but forests are big, right? They rotate like around within that those mm. confines. Because like hunter-gatherer, you... you you kind of pick all the fruit in one area, you move on to another area sort of deal. Um, Yeah, I guess they kind of would do that. Um, I mean, they're all always out patrolling and hunting anyways. Yeah. We got to also remember they're horses. So they're not like people who would need to do that. The horses can literally oh, range yeah. they out. Can get, they can get a they good can distance. They get far and they can get there fast. They can run fast. Exactly. Mm. So, so yeah, there's that. And they have thumbs. And they have thumbs. It really is the best of both worlds. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Though they are uh, an intense, proud, and noble people, they are also peaceful by nature. Okay. So just territorial and weird. Very about territorial, it. very reclusive. Um, and they're kind of jerks, yeah. but they generally are all about conflict. No, they're trying to stay solo. Indeed. Uh, the balance that they seek with nature is actually difficult for them to obtain. That's why it's mentioned at all, because. I mean, for most animals, it's not that difficult. But one of the problems is centaurs are such massive creatures. They require a massive amount of food and drink to survive. That paired with their hunter-gatherer lifestyle, it can be really problematic for the environment. Yeah, you need a lot of water, a lot of, like... A lot of water, a lot of food, a lot of calories. They got a big body. Yeah. And, you, and they got a big brain because they got the humanoid brain. And gotta, that takes a lot of calories, too. Yeah, man. Are you eating eggs? What are you doing to get that protein? Sure, Yeah. Because they're well muscled. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> um, another thing too is like this limits like the size of their tribe because if they get too big, they'll they'll ruin the environment. Okay. So so yeah. Um, furthermore, they have a taste for wine and are notoriously wild drunks and are given to spirited rampages when they overindulge. So they have to be careful there too because they'll destroy their environment. Uh, was it hippogriffs or griffins that eat the horses? Um, griffins. Okay. What uh, did we touch on centaurs in that episode? I don't remember if we did, but I could see griffins and centaurs having fucking problems. Okay, with yeah, good, definitely. Okay, um, because yeah, griffins are going on a piece of that. Good that's lore, for sure. that's yeah, good indeed, lore. Indeed, yeah, it is <laughs> the war between the griffins and the centaurs and the horse-like <laughs> creatures. Indeed. So, uh, centaurs have a matriarchal society. Okay. Um, while the stallions are in charge of the hunting and fighting, the mares are in charge of the food gathering. Uh, trading with other races, and tribal decisions. Nice. 
cool. Centers also mate for life. Once they promise themselves to each other, they are always faithful, even should one of the pair die. Divorce is an unknown uh, concept among these people. You get locked down and that's it. It's that's over. It. That's like, it. Yeah. Yeah. How, what's their lifespan? If it's, uh, uh, not very long. We'll get into their life cycle a little bit later, but uh, most centers are only living up to like 40 years. So it's not the best of both worlds. It's kind of the worst of that world. Yeah. You get, you get the, you <laughs> you get got the, the horse, horse lifespan. <laughs> it's so true. It's very okay. true. Yeah, you're probably eating clean too. Mm-hmm. Like 46 is probably like the high end. And, yeah. And you're eating, you're eating good. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because you're a fucking horse body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I saw, I wasn't going to include this, but uh, I saw something I couldn't unsee with uh, the physiology and anatomy of a centaur. And basically, their human body doesn't have any of any of the organs below the lungs don't exist. And their lungs are extended down and they have these giant lungs to power this huge body. And then the stomach's actually in the horse body. It makes anatomical sense. And I really respected that. I also didn't need to fucking see it. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to show you reverse centaurs where it's the horse on top and the human on bottom. I hate it. Yeah. A lot of people hate it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm one of those people. That's my cent- those Moving are, on. Those are the centaurs in my forest world. Forest dwelling centaurs have strong trade relationships with elves. Uh, they both dwell in the forest and they deem each other trustworthy. As a general rule, centaurs despise both humans and dwarves due to their tendency to destroy nature. Yeah, yeah, totally. It makes sense. Uh, These centaurs, uh, oh yeah, forest-dwelling centaurs uh, tend to be illiterate. Actually, all centaurs in general tend to be illiterate. They just have no need for it. Okay. But uh, forest-dwelling centaurs do speak fluent elven and sylvan. Common is actually not commonly spoke by centaurs due to their extremely remote territories and their extreme avoidance of outsiders. So there's a communication breakdown, too, between centaurs and the outside world. Elven is common to them. They, that's what they Elven call common. Is com- I would say that's where things get really. I would confusing. actually say Sylvan's common to them. They happen to speak Elven because they deal with elves. They're like speak common. And it's like you speak common, and no one knows what the fuck's going on anymore. Exactly. It, that's all it takes. Indeed, <laughs> that's all it takes. And with that being said, let's take a short rest. Okay. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the part of the show where we are not talking about the last thing we were talking about. We are talking about a new thing. That new thing is love, and it comes from our hearts, Will and Brian's hearts, and it's going into your ears and into your heart. Tell them about it, Will. Tell them about the thing I just said. Uh, we love you. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, You're we welcome. do love you. Um, it's like a joint love. It's like me and Will make the Dungeon Cast, and the Dungeon Cast has a beating heart that mm-hmm. belongs to all of us. It's infused with our love. Yeah, it's our love plus your love. It's all this reciprocation just like blended together into one beating heart that I hold in my hand. Uh, help us. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please help us. Um, we have a sister channel called T- TDC Plays. We really want to get the subscribers. Will, come back. Will. That fucking killed me. <laughs> Nobody got to see my face for that. Um, please help us uh, get to 1,000 subscribers on our the Dungeon Cast Plays channel. It's a sister channel called TDC Plays where me and Will play video games with some other people sometimes. Um, I think it actually mostly might be other people. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a bit of a split and, these days. It's like days, me and Kiki and Jake. Yeah, that's basically it. We're yeah. going to get Freeland in on it pretty soon. Yeah, it's 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 moving along. We are gonna we have lots of new projects going on, um, but there's lots of people who are into it. We need more people to be into it. If you, if you could just help us out by going to that channel and hitting subscribe, we're trying to hit that 1,000 marker. It's really important for every channel to have at least 1,000 subscribers. It's very true. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to come help us out, that would be really, really awesome. Um, we love both channels. This is obviously our baby here. Um, but we, we like that. That baby's good, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to cultivate that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, help us cultivate our babies. And uh, you guys have been so great with telling people about this show. Um, you know. Yeah. Tell people about that show. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that would be awesome. Indeed. Um, Are we ready to go back to the this episode? This is a weird short rest. Can we go back to the... Yeah, let's yeah, go back let's to the show. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here and back to the <laughs> let's episode. Let's go back to the show. And we're back. We've returned. <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of the the rundown of um, Forest Dwelling Centaurs. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about Grassland Dwelling Centaurs. So what? They're, I didn't. I had no idea. I mean, I literally announced it at the beginning of this episode, but... I don't pay attention. Okay. Grassland dwelling <laughs> centaurs are depicted as tribal wanderers that range across lands from mild to hot climates. Um, their herds migrate across continents and span so wide, it takes decades to repeat a migration route. Um, because of this, the centaur tribe might not retread the same path for generations. Whoa. So this is like Goliaths. 
Goliath's mm-hmm. like the wandering herd. That's like a crit uh, roll thing, I think. That's a crit roll thing. Yeah, Goliaths, they, I mean, they wander their mountains, so they're, they're not really nomadic, though. Okay. Um, but they are uh, hunter-gatherers as well. For sure. Um, as a general rule, these centaurs despise uh, staying in one place for too long. Okay. And they think the more sedentary races who dwell in like the homes of wood and stone to be fools, choosing not to leave freely. <laughs> so. They walk by a town and they're wandering <laughs> like idiots. Exactly. That's exactly how they feel. <laughs> Stupid humans. Why the fuck would you ever build a house? Why would you ever stay in the same spot? Idiots. For more than a day. Look at those caves. <laughs> Stupid ass dwarves. <laughs> idiots. So in some ways, uh, these centaurs get along with other humanoids even less than their forest dwelling counterparts. Um, <laughs> okay. Settlements that encroach their migration routes um, can and will become the targets of their attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, especially... Especially erroneous examples can drive a herd into a rage that leads the centaurs to burn down a fucking settlement. What? Yeah, they'll just straight up attack. <laughs> um, this is a problem further exacerbated by the fact that centaurs don't reach our ground for decades. So unwitting humans may found a village on a riverbed only to be ruthlessly slaughtered 20 years later by enraged horsemen. <laughs> they just start burning everything. You'll think us later, idiots. <laughs> Stupid houses. <laughs> what is a town? Yeah, exactly. That's oh exactly gosh. how that goes. Okay. That's hilarious. But like elves do that. They have cities. So like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, again, well, the in their forest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Just don't build it on the road. This is a totally different mentality of centaur. Yeah, this is a completely different animal. <laughs> These Absolutely. centaurs have bad brain. <laughs> uh, despite this and the reputation centaurs have for quick tempers, they're still a mostly peaceful race. They rarely war amongst okay. themselves or any other race choosing to simply keep out of foreign affairs entirely. I mean, literally, if you aren't, like, in their way, like, you would never come into conflict with them. Yeah, like, winning, like, or, like, losing the lottery of, like, building your town on the riverside and having it be, like, fucking smashed down by centaurs is, like, (laughs) that was, that was, that only happened once. (laughs) What's the last hundred years? (laughs) Just don't build there. Just don't build. Just don't build anywhere that might be a centaur path. Um, Centaurs that can't keep up with the tribe, uh, whether that's due to old age, sickness, or injury, are left behind, uh, most of which will wander alone into the wilderness, never to return. Um, Some, though, may choose to integrate into humanoid society. Uh, Frontier settlements greatly value the nature knowledge of centaurs, and many such communities owe their survival to the insights and skills of such a centaur. This is crazy. So, uh, okay. Uh, are we going to get into, like, the passing down of, like, stories and lore? Because, like, I'm drawing a lot of Goliath parallels in, in these um, notes. It's just, like, the the weak are left to die, basically, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Interesting. Yeah. The lifespan, the, like, nomadic nature of them. Yeah, sure. So I'm wondering if, like, do they read book? Um, well, they're illiterate. Oh, right. They don't read books. <laughs> they don't read books. Like, like Goliath. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, are they doing the astrology? They're definitely more intelligent than, um, than Goliaths. Well, they got to be like star readers, right? The um, navigators the, of the earth and shit. That is more spoken about with the forest dwelling ones. They tend to be, again, more in tune with nature. Harry They're, Potter. You know, more um, druidic. And yeah, they'll, they'll be like star readers and whatnot. Yeah, okay. But, Divinators. Um, these ones, again, are more like barbaric tribes out in the wild lands. These are Goliath centaurs. I guess so, sure. (laughs) Where was I? Um, Oh, yeah. So, like we said before, the lifespan of centaurs are quite short, with most only living up to 40-ish years or so. Uh, Like horses, centaurs are born able to walk, and unlike horses, they quickly also learn to speak. Um, They also grow very quickly, reaching adulthood by age five. Um, The origin of centaurs is unknown to man, elf, or centaur. Legends tell of a meeting between a wild elf and a mustang, 
But suggesting this to a centaur will is deeply offensive. <laughs> yeah, so don't do that. I, I was just offended slightly. <laughs> yeah, that's legends. But the reason those legends exist is because no one fucking knows. It's like the other side of the same coin. Is like they're out. These nomadic ones are out in the field, and like a regular horse walks by, and like one catches the other one staring. He's like, "Stop making it weird, dude. <laughs> Stop. Look away. Don't. We don't do that. Indeed." <laughs> Um, in the eyes of centaurs, uh, they've always existed, and they are no closer related horses than to dragons. Okay. So they they definitely don't like the relation. But it's right there, though. I mean, I it can't. is. But D and D doesn't really have the same reputation of Greek mythology. Okay. With like crossbreeding. No. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. So um, again, the origins are just not stated. No. The the idea is that no one knows. It's a pretty like. And I mean, uh, it's grayer, but it's still like a line. Right. Uh, well, one of the reasons that like it's not known is because centaurs, as a general rule, are non-religious. They care little for the activities of the gods whatsoever. Oh. They just don't fucking care. Um, even the centaur deity, Skerritt the Forester, is not worshipped by the centaurs. He's respected, but like they don't really care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's said that he watches over the centaur tribes the same way the centaurs watch over their own lands from a solitary distance. All right. Like he doesn't really get involved. Like he's gonna he's gonna backhand like the random like evil. Like incursion or whatever. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, whatever's upsetting the centaurs is gonna uh, upset him by default, anyways. Yeah. Okay. And not even that he cares about the centaurs. It's just like the centaurs care about the forest. He cares about the forest. Sure. You fuck with the forest, you're gonna upset everyone. Right. So there it is. And centaurs are gonna come burn your house down. Right. But that being, <laughs> but that being said, um, they're they're not religious, and no one knows their origins. They're just kind of there. Weird floating, like. Everything has an or like uh, there's so much D and D lore that has origin, like specific <clears throat> origin. So it kind of upsets me when there's well, they but just it's float not, something out. But there. it's not that uncommon. Like with griffins and hippogriffs, we didn't really get an origin on them either. They just there's some theories, some legends, but no one really actually knows. Okay, well I, that one doesn't upset me so much because it's like where do where do horses come from? It's right. like, uh, I think know. a center would say like, and where do we come from? Exactly, it's the yes. same thing. So like, now that I'm Changing my mentality, I'm upset less. <laughs> okay. Much, much less. It's like almost move. zero. Glad. Okay, cool. I don't care anymore. This <laughs> is a wild animal, but it's a very smart wild animal. Sure, yeah. I think that's that's a fair assessment. Um, any questions about centaurs before we start getting into the stats? We have two stats to look at. Um, the monster stat presented in the monster manual and the racial stat presented in Ravnica's Guide to... Um, Ravnica's... Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Ravnica's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Indeed. <that>. Um, <laughs> what is your take on the centaur in your worlds? Is it a race or a monster? Um, well, it's a race. Um, I, I mean, I don't... I don't give me that <laughs> shit. It's not... This is a monstrous race. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't really... I'm not big on allowing centaurs in my game. I mean, I'm not against... It's never come up. Well, no, I'm not saying a player but is going to... they're a to... people. They have a society. They're intelligent. Okay. Like, yeah, they're de- I would definitely consider them a race and not a monster. They sound like a people to me. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely a people. Unless, that's for sure. <laughs> unless they're the the field, they're the nomadic ones. That... And if someone in my game wanted to be a centaur, like, yeah, I'm going to make it work. Um, we have racial stats now. We didn't before, but yeah. Okay. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yes. yes okay, cool. Well, let's get into the, uh, the actual stat block here. I have, I have it written down, but I got to bring it closer to my eyeballs. Um, so the, the monster stat block for the centaur, it's a challenge rating two monster. So, mm, more powerful than your average orc, I would say. You don't want to get kicked by that. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, don't smack on Centaurs are notoriously strong. They have them statted here at 18, which is very, very strong. That is strong. Um, yeah. Uh, 14 constitution, 14 dexterity as well. Nine intelligence. And I think that has less to do with like their inherent intelligence and more with their education level, which is nil. 
Yeah, like if they were so inclined, they could probably learn to read and teach it. Exactly, yeah. Um, Their wisdom is 13, charisma 11. Um, They speak Elvish and Sylvan, just like I said. So the one feature they have is called charge. If a centaur moves at least 30 feet straight toward a target and then hits them with a pike attack on the same turn, the target takes an extra... Three six piercing damage. Shit, yeah. So if they charge you, it gonna hurt. It gonna hurt. Is that like a <clears throat> what? Are they, are they carrying like spears? I um, this is tridents. a pike. Please say tridents. I oh, mean, is pike not a spear? What is a pike? A pike is kind of a spear. It's spear like really long spear. Oh, it's like a like a yeah. spears advanced. Because you can hold. You're pretty tall as a centaur. In my understanding of like the actual medieval weapon of a pike, it's not a weapon you use like in single combat, like. Pikemen are usually, in my understanding, is in a single file line and with super long poles that they hold out. We're talking like 30 feet out. Oh, you're trying to get your piercing rounds in. Um, You're trying to go through a guy and go through another guy. Basically, pikemen are more like a wall than a, than anything else. Oh, so like when the cavalry like, okay, comes yeah. in, the pikemen go out and then they they lean they forward. Just stay, like you go run into the spear, exactly, boy. Exactly, that's exactly pike. right. Um, so like the idea of a centaur wielding a pike is a little weird to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they got the extra. I mean, they're big enough, maybe, but it's the like center of gravity is like way back here. So I guess it's just a really big spear. I guess. Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. You can swap out the weapons anyways. You can just give it a great sword if you want, because yeah. that's way more terrifying. I to can me. impale you with lots of stuff. It's so true. I got a big tree branch. Let's go. <clears throat> so they have multi-attack where they can attack uh, once with the pike and once with their hooves or twice with their longbow. So nice. yeah, they they have a spear. They have their hooves. They have a longbow. Um, the spear's doing a D10 plus four. Uh, the hooves are doing 2D6 plus four, and the longbow's doing 1D8 plus two. So, yeah. I mean, pretty standard monster. There's really nothing special that stands out. Um, uh, pretty cool. Like, um, I didn't mean to get into this combat. Nobody really wanted it, but it happened. That's like a cool That's like a cool yeah. way to put yeah. these guys into a They're fight very, with your party. <clears throat> a very neutral creature. Yeah. Yes. Like, you could fuck up and offend them, and they'll they'll go to war with you it's right then. It's very true. Yeah, so, Absolutely. Uh, pretty substantial when you're fighting like four or five of those. Oh yeah, four or five centaurs are gonna fuck a party up. Well, that's not that's not yeah. like uh, unfeasible by any means. They're no, probably not at gonna all. be in groups. Yeah, in a hunting a hunting see, group. Yeah. Yeah, could, if you fuck it up real bad, you're gonna hit. What what are they? What do you <clears> think the traveling nomadic ones like group size is? Um, it depends. Do you mean like the whole herd? Yeah, how big is the herd? Um, I, I can't remember if it was stated anywhere, but I would picture it anywhere between I don't know twenty to forty. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like fifty. I think know, fifty a is a little ridiculous because like it's a lot. They're not like buffalo, you know what I mean? No. Or, well, I, I mean, they're just not that numerous. If they were, it'd be fucking horrifying. That would, yeah, yeah. absolutely so, would yeah. be. <laughs> so yeah, so, you're not gonna fight, you know, fifty plus centaurs. So there's just like a maybe there's lots of small groups. Um, kind of scattered throughout like a wide range of territory. Well, one of the reasons that they can't be that numerous anyways is because like buffalo eat grass. So there's plenty of food for their giant bodies. Yeah, but these guys eat lots of stuff. And grass isn't one of them. So okay. they are they have to hunt and they have to hunt meat. So like the environment wouldn't be able to sustain them even in their nomadic kind of ways. Can you imagine fucking falling over like at speed as a centaur? Yeah, that would suck. That would su- You'd die. <laughs> The centaur, centaurs probably die from falling over while they're running. I don't think so, because like it, it, it's very much stated that they have legendary strength. So they're they very strong human torsos. Them abs keep them up. Yeah. And they're like, they're fucking shredded, man. Like, yeah, they're, <laughs> they they're fall quite over strong. And they actually do a fucking handstand and like correct. <laughs> I don't know about that strong. No, yeah. They're, but they, they're very strong. So I think they'll be OK if they fall down. Uh, so with that being said, let's talk about the racial stats. So if you want to run these guys, um, you can. The racial stats are in uh, Ravnica's 
Guide or Guildmasters Guildmasters Guide to Ravnica. Um, Again, they're stated to be medium sized. I would just ignore that. But if you want to stick to the actual mechanics, they are medium sized. So let's go. What other NPC options are large? None. And right. that's why they wanted that's why to they stay. Okay. Yeah. Which, again, I just think it's stupid. Like, if you want to be a fucking centaur, just be a centaur I mean, like and a, deal with the repercussions. A bugbear can, like, do things that a large creature would do. Right. So, but it's just statted as medium. Yeah. Or there must be a reason that you stat an NPC or a PC as a medium, you know? Um, it's because there are some feats that like have it so that you can do stuff to things your size or a size category larger. Oh. So if you're large, you can suddenly like grapple a fucking huge monster. Right. So I just think that's cool. That is cool. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. Does it make sense? Is it powerful and does it make sense? I mean, I think yes, it's, it does make sense and it is very powerful compared to a medium creature, but I just think it's fun. I mean, this, this class has its flaws. Like it, it could have its strengths be set in those kinds of mechanics but Ravnica mm-hmm. said no right yeah, yeah yeah but it's your table but the way they said no was weird and stupid so anyways <laughs> uh, back back to the racial stats so uh, center characters get a plus two to strength and a plus one to wisdom um, they're again their size is medium technically uh, their base walking speed is 40 feet which makes sense because you know they're half horse yeah um, they have they're fate and origin so it that's it doesn't really give them a mechanical feature but it just says like they are creature type fey is that for role play is that for your mental like the way you approach the character development and stuff the only the only thing that i know of in 5e where your creature type matters is for like juridic transformations and some spells for like sensing stuff some people can sense like fey origins or whatever sure it's really i'm just not going to come up i'm more asking like are they blue orange mentality you know how we talk about that. Um, I think they border on it when it comes to like, for instance, like burning motherfucking villages down because they're in the goddamn way. Like Aladdin, how this is kind of like. How I they don't would think be. they're at that level of fey. None of the lore I read made them seem that alien minded. Sure, okay. Um, they actually seem quite tied to the prime in compare comparison. Oh to yeah, because other... their nature, they're yeah. into the surroundings. Exactly. Versus like satyrs, which are way more alien minded, much more blue orange morality. Okay. But. But yeah, so they get a charge feature. If you move, at least, it's the same charge feature. If you move at least thirty feet straight toward a target and then hit it with a melee weapon attack on the same turn, you can immediately follow the attack with a bonus action, making one attack against the target with your hooves. So not quite the same, but very similar. Yeah. Um, your hooves attack. Your hooves are natural melee weapons, which you can use to make unarmed strikes. If you hit with them, you deal bludgeon and damage equal to one d four plus your strength mod. See, that's too weak to me. Like. It's a fucking horse kicking you in the face. It should be at least a D6. I understand mechanical reasons. You're trying to keep it balanced, but like, and I guess you made them pony centaurs, so I guess it's only a D4 damage. It's hard, man. Where is it kicking you? Like, you have, people have weak points. Are you wearing a helm or not? Because like, if it kicks you in the mouth, it's fucking over. Yeah, the hoof attack for the monster stat is 2D6 plus 4. This is 1D4 plus your strength mod. Again, I know it's for balance purposes, so so whatever. That shit can cave in your skull, like, you know, but that's not how D&D really works. Yeah, your next feature is called equine build. You count as one size larger when determining your carrying capacity and the weight you can push or drag. In addition, any climb that requires hands and feet is especially difficult for you because of your equine legs. Uh, When you make such a climb, each foot of movement costs you an extra four feet of movement instead of the normal one extra foot. So yeah, you can't scale walls. You're a fucking half horse. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. Um, and the final feature you get is called survival. Uh, survivor. Uh, you have proficiency in one of the following skills of your choice: animal handling, medicine, nature, or survival. 
So yeah, it's, like a huge, it's a center. <laughs> it's wanna... a solid stat block. Um, I have problems with the flavor, which is actually rare for me. Uh, I usually don't have problems with the flavor when it comes to stuff. Uh, I actually have problems with the flavor of this racial stat block, but that's just a personal thing. There's going to be so much like if you roll a centaur, there's going to be a lot of abuse of like the physical imitations like things like climbing. Oh yeah. They're going to really want your character's really going to want to climb sometimes and your dungeon master might do that to puzzle the team. I, and this is why I think that making them large and giving them that advantage is totally fine because yeah, it, they also have a horse body and like shit's <laughs> difficult when you have a horse body. Yeah, uh, you, you can't walk to the inn if you're a fucking horse man. You got to be really, too big. You got to be really careful about boats. Yeah, you got to be careful about boats. Like how like, big is the boat? I'm not sure how good uh, like a swimmer, ferry, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know how good swimmer horses are. Uh, not great. Yeah. Especially with like the way that they are, their their physicality is like situated. Like in order to maintain like, okay, let's say the water's at their chest. That means their horse body is like really low in the water. Yeah. And that's really weird for that's swimming. That's problematic because that's you're very broad. You're yeah. going to get pushed by that water. And then if they're, the bottom portion of their body is kind of up. So if it's like at, at the chest height of a horse, then their human body is like up here and it's hard to keep balance. So they're going to fucking drown. Like Basically, as far as I'm concerned. Unless you, you've got like the double butterfly going like, on. There are plenty of ways to m- mitigate the advantages that centers would have from being large uh, by having them have disadvantages when it comes to a lot of environmental stuff. I'm, I'm sure just I'm sure in most bodies of water, you are a horse. You could probably walk through most streams. No problem. Yeah. Most but streams, you dropped but in the ocean. You're you're in trouble. Probably a major river. You know, yeah. you're not going to be able to cross that shit. And it's going to be challenging to get somebody in a boat that is that shape. It's true. Um, but maybe like, you know, this Breath of the Wild style, kind of like flat fairies where you have to like Korok leaf the right. thing across. Yeah, that'll work. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but also you're really heavy. So I don't know if one of those could like actually hold you. Probably. Prob- probably. 2,000 pounds? It, okay. Let's say what I'm thinking of is you probably have it just dedicated for the oh, centaur and then it's towing. It's being towed so by specialized vehicles. Yeah. If yeah. you're, if you're going to, well, not even, well, yes, yes and no. But like if you're towing one in water, no big deal. But th- I mean, like things can things can happen like really bad things can happen right and that give and take right you give and take you want to put a river in front of your centaur party <laughs> sick that's gonna be <laughs> that would be cool uh, entire party of centaurs that'd be fun problem solving what oh what about like okay i'm a centaur ranger i get the jump spell mm-hmm. fuck that's super cool <laughs> yeah I fucking so, love some that. things are cool yeah well with that being said i think uh we can kind of wrap this up and get ready for a long rest unless you have any more questions um, man, I, re- I really want to do a, um, a centaur build like, a yeah, centaurs would be fun. Like if we a, build another character, we might build one. A ra- we should do a ranger and yeah, we should give it, we should abuse the spell list. Yeah. Absolutely. We should see what's possible <laughs> with our centaur bodies. Long strider. Become um, double long strider. So before we take our long rest, um, I guess we'll take a moment to talk about Supercross Saga, the ongoing 5e live play we have here on the YouTube channel. Um, An epic sci-fi fantasy adventure exactly. crafted by the Dungeon Master Will himself. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's a <laughs> lot of fun. We, The players, me and um, special guest Jake and Josh Freeland, have a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, we've all built characters that I think we really embody and, and like a lot. I would definitely say so. And yeah, it's, it's really starting. We're getting to a point now and I can feel it. And it's been happening for the last few episodes where we're meshing really well. Yeah, as a unit. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. We're starting to get we're starting to get in our groove, which has been that's actually that was my goal for this story arc. It's like, OK, now I need to make them a team and they need to learn how to work as a team. And it seems to have worked. Squad. They're a squad. Space that's squad. For sure. Space squad. Rolling deep. Um, so yeah, it's a future fantasy adventure, and uh, if you like D&D and you like us, you should probably check it out. Um, with that being said, I think we could call it a game. 
TDC Plays? We already plugged TDC Plays. Oh, in we short did rest. in the short rest. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Instagram, The Dungeon Cast, on Twitter, at The Dungeon Cast, email thedungeoncast at gmail.com. Uh, we have ad space open. If you're into that sort of sort of thing, you can hit us up and we can talk about it. Um, yeah, social media. Let's call it a game. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. Is that a blooper? <laughs> I just fucking blew a tire. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was very impressive. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.